Welcome to the Renewed Nurse Podcast. I'm Nurse Meg. And I'm Nurse M. Hi. Hello. Um, it's really funny to me because we always, I feel like we often start with uh, the weather report. And I was <laughs> listening to our podcast yesterday for the week that we're currently on. And we were just talking about like how gorgeous it was outside. And you were sitting outside while we were recording. And things have changed. <laughs> it's a bit chilly. It's chilly out there today. And happy <laughs> no November. Yeah. Happy November, everybody. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I, I literally can't, though. I don't know how we got here. Uh, my weather app had been forecasting f- uh, flurries this morning. I didn't see it. Wow. But I um, know, right? Yeah. And I also. I'm not, like, out and about and shopping as much as I, like, used to be, obviously, with Little Nugget. But I did go out the other day to TJ Maxx, and I could not believe that, like, they didn't even allow me to say hello and goodbye to Thanksgiving. They literally just went straight Christmas everywhere. Yeah, um, even the social media world this morning has already like fully embraced the Christmas season. It's like Halloween never happened 12 hours ago. Yeah. And like, where, like, do we not celebrate Thanksgiving anymore? Like I love Thanksgiving food. I don't want to miss it. No, I know. I was just going to say, are you team Christmas or like, there are people that will be putting up Christmas decorations today for sure. Yeah, I'm not opposed by any means. I just okay. am not – I'm not that far ahead in anything that I do in life. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I get what you're saying. But I don't like – I'm not opposed. It feels, it feels like life is spinning by pretty quickly. Like, Hubs and I were out on date night last night, and as we were walking to the car after dinner, I was like – man, it's crazy that it's Halloween tonight and like 2023 is almost in the books. And he was like, that is crazy to think about. It is. So I don't want to rush through things too, too much. I think some people like to embrace the holidays because um, I think it's their way of like regulating themselves in a very dysregulated world. Like they're just ready to embrace all the holiday cheer. Yeah. Yeah, Which I guess. I can see that. I can see that. Um, what is your most favorite Thanksgiving food? Oh, uh, like there's so many, but yeah. Honestly, what is the thing like... if it doesn't show up on the table, you're you're super sad. Oh my goodness, because it's kind of like a combo. Like you need the perfect bite. You need the perfect bite of mashed potatoes and veggie of like whatever yeah. it is and meat like you need the perfect bite yeah so like I think I'd be like that annoying person that's like wait where is this and this and why do <laughs> you we not have any of the things <laughs> you have a whole like list of requirements like an a-lister yeah. <laughs> right what about do you, you know well I was gonna say I I am in, in agreement with what you're saying you know the one thing that shows up uh often on the Thanksgiving table specifically at dad and uh, my stepmoms is jello squares not like a gross jello mold but like jello squares and we will have those things inhaled and gone before (laughs) dessert like yeah that's so interesting 
black cherry jello squares. What? And that's like the only time that I eat it. It's not like I'm sitting around craving jello. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, but there is just yeah. like we def. It's kind of like the um, isn't the book that Jen wrote kind of off of that? Like, just I don't know, just kind of putting together like how love? memories. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like memories and food and like just being in fellowship and the goodness that it creates. Like food is more than just food. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is one of the reasons that God calls us to like sit at a table with each other. Like fellowship is often sharing a meal, breaking bread. Cause there's something bigger that happens in those spaces yeah. as well. Like even when he was essentially doing the last supper, which has become like communion, do this in remembrance of me. Those memories, the yeah. remembering the wise and at Thanksgiving you know, gratitude, all the warm, all the warm vibes and feelings. Yes. All the things. Um, now, will baby Gray be dressed as a turkey for Thanksgiving? Um, a turkey. I honestly don't know. She'll probably just have like a cute little comfy outfit on. Because, okay. you know, you got to have wardrobe. pants. I know. Well, yes. And also, <laughs> uh, she rocks a lot of headbands. Um, yeah, so it's super funny because I tried to put those on her really early on in life and she always kept them on and everyone was always like, oh my gosh, she keeps them on so well. And then now, even with like trying to instill them early in her life, she still gets them put on her head now and she's like, what is this? <laughs> and rips it off. So well, anything um, that you see in this moment of day and age, it's on for like five seconds in a photo and then it's off. So, like, I saw the photo shoot that you guys just did, the family yeah. photos, which were adorable. Um, okay. Her face, did you see my comment about her face yes. when you were kissing oh. daddy? So I feel funny. like she's a little girl that's definitely quickly having her own thoughts and opinions on things. Yes. And whenever we're, like, hugging or kissing in the house, she always comes over and, like, squeezes herself in between our legs. <laughs> it's so funny. I love I it. I have a dog that it. does that. Yes, Oliver also does that, so now he doesn't know what to do with himself. <laughs> I love them. We don't deserve them. None of them. They're None too precious. They are. I was trying to think um, of a segue, Meg, but I got nothing. I know. I was thinking of a segue, too, but I'm not sure that I have... Oh, wait. Here's our segue. So I think in the midst of, like I was saying, like all of the, like, the warm, fuzzy, feel-good vibes that come with the Um, holiday season. mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really important for us to find those spaces in life on the hardest days. And so we often talk about light casting out darkness. And I just really feel right now, especially that in the midst of everything that's happening, I don't know, maybe that's become too common a phrase because it feels like there's always something happening in this world. Um, but that we really have to stake our spot in this world and claim the goodness of God and claim the goodness um, that Satan is trying to basically steal from us constantly. Yeah. And so yeah. when Em and I were chatting, it just really felt like we needed to have this reminder of a battle cry moment, the battle cry that says, nope. I am taking back everything 
that the devil is trying to take from me or claim as his own or deceive me into believing that like God is not good enough because that was, that was the first uh, real sin, right? Was Eve basically doubting God's goodness, doubting what God had in store that she felt like God was withholding from her. And so, yeah, today I think it's just about saying, you know what? There is so much good. There is so much that we don't see um, at work here for our good, for God's glory. And so how can we just continue to have this like battle cry and kind of rally together and stand firmly in a space that just continues to breathe life into some like dark and weary places? I love it. Meg, what do you feel like is your um, way in which you battle cry or like you have in the past or? It tends to be a song. Yeah. It tends to be a song for me because when I get really, which is funny because I'm not necessarily as big of a music person as you are. Um, Like I could actually live a life that doesn't have a lot of music in it. Um, I married somebody that basically has like an ongoing soundtrack in life mm-hmm. and in his head. Like for him, life would be just so much less enjoyable if there was not music. Mm-hmm. And I didn't necessarily, like I'm not necessarily that strong of a personality, um, in my opinion, on music. I like music, but I don't necessarily need to go see like people in concerts. And I like that's just not me normally. Yeah. Right. But I have found that when I'm feeling really defeated, mentally tired, um, in a space that I can't preach to myself because I'm overwhelmed or anxious or whatever it is, that idea of being able to just turn on a radio or listen to Spotify or whatever it is and listen to worship music, which just kind of gets me regrounded and recentered and refocused. You and I were just talking about being oriented or reoriented um, on the last podcast. And so it normally feels like I find a song that is really, really, really meaningful. The words are just really soaking into my soul. And then that's kind of what's on repeat in my head and just constantly when I'm, yeah, pushing back against the devil, because it really gets, it does get exhausting sometimes. Like we have to, um, be sort of shored up by, I think other resources, what would right. you say? Oh, goodness. I feel like it involves, yeah, for sure music and just time alone, like by myself, mm-hmm. not not necessarily with others. Um, and crying, <laughs> like Aww. literally crying. Like I think yeah. it just, it's for someone and I think I know that Meg you're similar and I'm sure some of our listeners as nurses I think we um have all like tendencies that as a generalization um I'm speaking that you know as such but I think it can be common that we are um being caregivers we can carry things a little heavier and carry more than or try to carry more than we can handle and so I think like the the endorphins and things that release out of our body with just crying in itself can be yeah. helpful. Nonetheless, oh, the surrender, sure. right? And the surrender and like posture of our heart that, that gives. Um, 
for me too it's just like whenever I like there's a certain kind of cry that like I'm like all right like this is my this is my Jesus cry like it just feels like I feel his presence in those tears sometimes and um it's it's always a good thing like I was talking to a friend and um we were talking about like controlling our emotions and um and like holding them in a way that when life is heavy um how can we posture our hearts to still feel those things but then like be wise in what we show to others and not let them be like like let us be like blubbering messes right and I think allowing yourself that time to step away and be in touch with music and like listening to the actual lyrics and um yeah crying it out on your own I think that's like my only way of really not being a blubbering mess to everything that could be like heavy that people talk about in in my in my life if that makes sense otherwise I'm like I notice myself like tearing up to all the small things that I'm like this is silly but I do need that time to just like release it to God and like surrender everything that I'm harboring um yeah because yeah I think we were not made to take on all the heaviness of the world in which we have at our Mm -hmm. fingertips right Um, nonetheless what we do for people that we're caring for for our jobs and then our own stuff and you know Meg as you talk about the holidays I couldn't help but think too that as beautiful and um, wonderful as the holidays are a lot of people have are experiencing um, and have experienced loss heading into the holidays or right. the holidays are heavy because of years past people that used to be there aren't or whatever yeah. the reason if there's strife and conflict friends and so sometimes I think the holidays can even have that piece of them um for sure be even acknowledging not only for ourselves if that's us but for others that like if they don't have the same joy and holiday cheer that we aren't quickly assigning them our own thoughts and assumptions because we just don't know what everyone is dealing with behind um, closed doors and in their hearts. And so, um, and not everyone has maybe figured out their battle cry or being givers. And in the holiday season, maybe they don't feel like they have, you know, this isn't right. Maybe they don't feel like they have, they don't have that time to step away to give themselves a moment. Um, So yeah, just not like assigning anything to anyone else in the holidays either. Um, yeah, and in life, I mean, in life in general. But I know we're using the holidays as an analogy, but yeah, that's there's so much wisdom in that. You're absolutely right. It's a really good perspective, uh, and so it feels like what you're saying. Like there's a bit of a, a balance too, and right. I think for those people that it is really hard, um, or when you're when you're able to figure out what your battle cry is, it's also equally important to. I think to try to help each other with their battle cries, you know what I mean? Like you share a song with somebody that, you know, is going through something, obviously like intercessory prayer is praying on behalf of somebody else. Um, And that's a really beautiful thing in the community of believers and within the profession, like you were saying, there's going to be people that are really feeling a certain kind of way. And so, um, even the families and patients that we come across, I mean, obviously they're receiving diagnoses and um, just, you know, any time spent in a hospital around the holidays doesn't feel good, even if it's almost for like a benign sort of thing, but it feels yeah. like it's kind of interrupting your plans. 
And so I think being able to figure out how to claim the goodness in each day is really a a worthwhile exercise, even if it's something very, very small, Um, even if it's just lighting a candle, even if it's taking a deep breath at the end of the day and, you know, finding that gratitude in whatever really struck you. Um, Just keeping an honest focus on trying to see the good and the positives, even when it feels really dark and heavy. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like those like deep breaths in that we take. Like, I feel like there are, you know, whatever as listeners you find as your battle cry. um, I think those tangible things can really help us to lay those things at God's feet, um, whether it is your music or crying or taking a walk or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, I think that sometimes we really just have to do put, we really just do have to put action um, in a moment where we might not feel like action is needed, but I think it does help us make that shift and allow God to even intercede Um, if we're not fully taking our thoughts captive, he's able to really intercede when we kind of put one foot forward rather than like sitting and I don't want to use the word sulking, but, um, harboring, uh, those things. I think he really can intercede in a really neat and special way, um, and help us to see the goodness that we might not Mm -hmm. be able to, um, have ourselves fully see in that time. Right. And remembering that we also have. Uh, the Holy Spirit that uh, that what what does the Bible say that He groans on our behalf when we like don't even right. have the words for what we need. Just right. in remembering that we really do have somebody bringing us to like the throne, um, the foot of the the cross, who's just constantly for us. God is for us. God is not pointing a bony finger in our face, trying to thwart us, trying to leave us in spaces that feel depressed. I'm I'm currently in the book of Job right now, which is just where my natural Old Testament readings have taken me. Um, and it's just such a good reminder. I mean, if you spend any amount of time in the Bible, there's a lot of people, a lot of prophets who walked through a lot of dark spaces And God used it for good, whether it was, you know, prison cells or fires or deserts. Some of these valleys are often, I think, become some of the most pivotal place of change and arrival in our spiritual walks. Yeah. And I heard it. um, And I think we, we talked a little bit about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego Um, like a few podcasts back, but I had heard it said this past week and it's kind of stuck with me that um, when you're talking about that and being in the fire, the three of them didn't pray to not get put in the fire. Daniel didn't pray to not get put Mm -hmm. in the lion's den. They prayed to be saved within and um, within the lion's den, within the fire. And so I think that perspective too, Meg, of what you're saying, that he will make good of it. Um, You know, we hear that often, but to actually believe it, like the things we say, but then do we actually truly to our core believe them of God? Um, Mm -hmm. I know I've had to have that reflection on my 
in my own spiritual walk multiple times, um, if I'm actually believing what I'm saying to myself and to others, um, yeah. And yeah, with what you're saying with, you know, groaning for others hurts. Like I really do think that in the best plates, best places of our life, we're able to have a good cry, um, whether mm. you're a crier or not, but a good um, moment of, of surrender when mm-hmm. in times where our hearts are actually hardened, where we're told, you know, not to let our hearts grow hard like diamonds. And um, I think we can easily forget the blessing of tears and hurt um, yeah. and lamenting in the midst of our, you know, it's a battle cry, right? Um, I think we can forget the goodness of being able to do that and feel that because to not feel is man, that's scary. And that's not, that's not what we're created for either. And like you yeah. said, it's a balance. Yeah. And the reality is, is that a battle cry is called that because it's often in the midst of war. Right. And it doesn't mean that you're negating the fact that there's hard going on all around you. Right. Right. So I think that that's, I think at times, um, maybe in like, an earlier place in my, my walk and my maturity, it just felt like, because I am a truth teller more than I'm a grace giver. I have developed into a much better grace giver. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but as a truth teller, sometimes when you're with somebody who's just offering a lot of grace or being really positive, it kind of feels fake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It feels like, how can I claim goodness when I feel like crap? When, you know, kind of, kind of what you're saying, like, if, yeah, just, am I being inauthentic? Yeah. If I'm claiming the goodness of God and I'm not actually feeling it, am I ignoring all the hard that's around me or the bad that's around me? And I don't think we have to deny like the suck in all of it. I think we can claim that. Like you're saying, right. I mean, even being in the midst of some of these hard places that we can't change. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like you said, went into the fire. God didn't just, God doesn't just put this hand of protection in all the ways that we think it should look. And like a good parent, you really can't protect your child from every bad thing because there would be no growth. They wouldn't have any level of resiliency. They wouldn't know how to bounce back. They wouldn't know how to sink roots and develop roots. I told you this a while ago. I don't know if you remember with the trees um, that they tried to create this like false um, environment in this like biodome and they planted trees and they, uh, the scientists thought that they had everything correct for this um, own unique separate little ecosystem, but they had forgotten wind and the trees never Mm -hmm. developed deep roots because there was no wind because they were free Mm -hmm. of any level of resistance. Mm -hmm. And so they never, they never deepened and they weren't, I mean, any, um, if they would have been in a situation that there was wind, they wouldn't have been able to withstand it. They would have just like fallen right over. And so that's not a loving Mm -hmm. parent. Like you don't want your kids to not be able to withstand the challenges of life. And so I think when God does have us in the midst of the fire where his hand of protection is, is that he is with us 
that we are right. not abandoned. We are not alone. And that will be, at least for me, sometimes that's the first thing that Satan starts to whisper in my ears is that God doesn't care. Right. He's not with you. You're by yourself. And as a girl that has struggled with feeling abandoned frequently in my life, that's like terrifying. But I also know that it's not true. And so I think here's where holding biblical truth or being surrounded with friends who can offer a battle cry on your behalf and can remind you of truth, like you might feel abandoned. And Em, you've talked about this. I think you're like quicker to talk about this than I am sometimes because you and I are both two emotional people with big feelings sometimes. And like those feelings cannot ultimately dictate, like you have to be able to hold your feelings to say, I feel abandoned, but that doesn't make it true. It doesn't mean that we have been left behind. Right. Right. Meg, how do you feel like um, being a truth teller? Like, how do you um, not render, but how do you, uh, I guess we'll go into nurse mode. How do you assess the situation to be able to know when and how to be a truth teller in the people's lives that are in their battle cry? Does that make sense? Oh, man. Yeah. I'm putting you on the spot, but I think you're good at um, reading, and I think that's one of your gifts is, like, reading when to give what, like, when to give a shoulder and when to give truth-telling, mm. and so I just think that's a good conversation to have, too, in the midst of this, because if it's not our battle cry, I'm sure we know someone else that's in the midst of their battle cry as listeners, and so trying to put the weight on yourself of being what they need. You know, we talk about that savior complex, which we don't want that, Mm -hmm. but we also do want to be there for them. And I know a lot of us are probably, you know, as caregivers, again, we care a lot about those around us. So how do we um, filter out when to be speaking the truth and how to do that? And like when to just be listening. You were just like filled with wisdom this morning, Em. My gosh, girl. No, um, I just, I think it's stuff that I've been question. thinking. Yeah. I think, well, the first thing that I immediately thought of when you asked the question goes back to discernment. Yeah. Hopefully you're in a close enough walk with God that you can toss the question right back to him and he will let you know in some sort of unknowing way. Like, you know how when you know things, but you're like, how do I know that? And you know, or like a friend comes to mind and you reach out to them and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm having such a bad day. And you're like, man, like God just brought you to my mind. And so I think the discernment to say like, we'll probably will get it wrong. And like you said, because we don't have to be anybody's savior, um, God can choose to use us, but ultimately he can do whatever he needs to do to get that person wherever he needs to get them. Um, True. It's probably and, and, and just that perspective alone, like yeah, just that perspective alone that like I can be used right now, but I don't have to be used. Yeah, like kind of takes that pressure ta- off of performing. Yeah, did I talk about Mordecai last time? No, I don't Guys. think so. Okay, it's because I've been talking about it in so many other circles. Well, I was in the midst of Esther, just as the um, Palestinian, I like Iranian war started and Esther is in the Old Testament and um, basically she is a Jewish queen 
who happens to be on the inside of the palace walls um, as her Jewish people start going under persecution. And so Mordecai, her uncle, says, perhaps you are queen for such a time as this because you have the ability to change the king's mind to protect your people. And it's really beautiful. And we kind of always quote the Esther line of like, for such a time as this, right? Like we're in a situation for such a time as this. But what I really loved was the emphasis that was placed by Eugene Peterson, who is the translator of the message and a pastor said, Mordecai is the key figure in Esther. And what Mordecai further says is Esther, I'm paraphrasing, even if you don't help your people, God will find a way. Right. And it really releases back to us that, again, God can you can use us, will use us a lot of times, but he can, he will still ultimately, he is still on that throne. We cannot yeah. like thwart, damage, ruin his plans if we really believe that he is God of all gods. King of all kings. Right. So I think right. that when we're like, God will find a way. So I think if we're sensitive enough that there's somebody who's hurting, that they need a battle cry. I mean, there is a really fine balance between a swift kick in the pants and a shoulder to cry on. Yeah. And sometimes you yeah. need both in within five minutes. I normally need a yeah. little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a piece of it that I'm thinking of when you're talking, Meg. And I think about myself these past couple of weeks and I went through this little season of just needing something different and knowing I needed like, so I felt like I needed true like judgment and true truth spoken in my life, even if yeah. it was hard. And so yeah. I went through this like series of, okay, well, here are the people that I can call that I've normally called, but I just don't know that they'll not just say the things to make me feel good. And I don't want that right now. And so I think we can need different things in different seasons during different battle cries in our lives. And maybe sometimes it's just asking that person or, or if it's us telling the people around us, like, hey, here's what I need. And you might or might not be able to give that to me right now. And that's okay. But I need like true truth spoken in my in my life, whether it's hard or whether it's sounds harsh or whatever. Um, yeah. Maybe it's sometimes even just asking that question or being able to say that, because yeah. like you said, we might need a little bit of this or a little bit of that <laughs> in in the midst of that. And part of it is taking it to Jesus and not having those around us, you know, fulfill the satisfaction of our needs in in our worldly humans, but in Christ and not looking for that elsewhere. But that's hard, and we do need our people. We were given our people for a reason. So I think, once again, yeah. balance. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I, I think all that is perfectly said. And, oh, the story of Esther, perfect example, I think especially too, in this like, day. What you're saying, I mean, and also, if that person that's delivering – I mean, the person that you're asking in this scenario to, like, give you the swift kick in the pants or be a truth teller, like, I really need to hear, you know, you're going to be reaching out to people who – you have a relationship with, you have a history with, you know that they love you so that even when it comes off, maybe as feeling a little harsh or it stings what they say, because you're like, yeah, I know I need to hear that, but that still hurts a little bit. Um, you know that it's delivered out of love. 
Right. The same way that when God disciplines us as a good father, you're like, ouch. And yet he wouldn't have done it if it wasn't necessary and for our betterment and because like he's going to use it. Yes. But at the same time, not everyone is in a season of like trying to develop deeper roots, like the tree analogy you talked about, you know, so is that season I'm in a hundred percent? That's where I'm at. But was I there a couple months ago? No, a couple months ago, I probably just needed you to hug me and tell me it was all going to be okay. Or, um, you know, it's just something different. Yeah. It was a different battle cry. Yeah. Well, and also that some people are kicking their own butts pretty hard. And so the reverse of it is like, I'm thinking of a mutual friend of ours and she, um, she's kind of a personality that it seems like it's easier for her to kick her own butt. And so those people sometimes like need a, a, healthier a gracious yeah like a a, a healthy dose and heaping of grace to say stop beating yourself up because we're also really good at beating ourselves up like we can swing this pendulum the other way and just be like I'm the absolute worst why can't I do this thing why am I not like superhuman and that's the expectation I have for myself so it is kind of crazy But I think that there's there's just so much good in all of this. I think even in asking the questions. Yeah. Yeah. And one last thing that I was thinking of, Meg, as you were talking, um, when we were talking about speaking truth and helping other people in their battle cry, I know for myself, um, and that's really all I can speak to, right? But um, I remember in my walk of like sanctification and, and trying to be more holy. And just as I've been growing with God, I went through a phase of everyone keeps saying this cliche, you know, technically truth telling to me like, oh, but God is for you. And, you know, keep, you know, keep hold of his promises. And I remember going through a phase where I'm like, wait a minute, but like, is he truly for me? What, what attributes do give him his goodness? Mm. And what are his promises that everyone talks about that he will keep? And so I had to really do a deep dive on my own because I think we talk about as nurses, we need to see the evidence. Like we got to see how do we get there? What do they have that created them to be this way in their yeah. diagnosis? What What is going on behind the scenes that made this sway this way or that way? And so reading it for myself in scripture or having people speaking that kind of truth into me. Um, of reciting the actual evidence to the promises, to his goodness, to the attributes of God. Um, I needed that too. And so if you feel like you're in a season where you need the hard evidence, like pursue that. Um, Mm. I just want to encourage if anyone's listening, going through that, like continue to pursue that, continue to um, seek that out on your own with God, but also like in the people around you, like they were put in your life for a reason um and yeah letting your needs be known if that is something that you feel is on your heart mm-hmm. yeah wow this was like a little deeper than what I thought it was going to end up being I thought it was gonna be a little bit more That's of like a rah-rah right. speech yeah but do, are you surprised <laughs> with us are you surprised no, no. <laughs> <laughs> also um I'd really like to listen to this episode to see my awakening because I feel like my coffee just like slowly kicked in oh so you're a little more (laughs) present now 
I'm a little more present than I was in the beginning, so the coffee has kicked your butt. I'm here. Okay, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> and if hopefully, had... with us chattering to you, everyone else's coffee has kicked in by now too. And hopefully, it hasn't worn off; it's just kicked in. And so we had like sleepy M at first, and now we have a weak M, caffeinated M. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. that's so fun all right well welcome I'm glad that you've joined us I, I feel like I you faked it really good though just in time to depart <laughs> I know this has become a, a long episode though 36 minutes clearly you and I have a lot to say about this we clearly did um, I love it I know I I hope you guys all find your battle cry find your song find that rhythm in your life that you're able to just reconnect to God, then you can kind of stay centered and continue to find strength um, in the midst of whatever hard is going on. And if you have to just say this, this totally sucks right now, um, that's okay too. Like, ain't nobody scared about that. Yeah. Are you scared about that, Em? I'm not scared about that. Nate, you can say that it sucks. Nate. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. We right. love you guys. And thanks for tuning in with us. Have a good week. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Bye.